This week's episode is brought to you in part by FNX Fit, a fitness supplements brand that can get you hooked up with all of your pre, post, during workout needs as well as other nutritional supplements. Use checkout code CARLPOOLING at fnxfit.com to get 15% off your order. I tell you, I am now a full official Southern gentleman. I, 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 I tell you, Chris. I can tell you're faking it. I, I, I have all of the <laughs> the accoutrement and skills of a typical refined Southern gentleman. Not only oh, do I no. clean up nice for Sunday dinner, but Hunter, I have bought for the first time in my life my own fishing pole. What? Did you actually buy a fishing pole? I bought a fishing pole, and I thought for this episode I would tell you about it in a hillbilly accent, as if I was going to uh, go out in the creek in the backyard and scare up some trout for lunch. Rather, I decided that fishing was a refined man's sport, one where you could take your time and catch the beasts of the sea at your leisure. Chris, you live in an apartment. Yes, and I bought a very big hook, and I swear to God I am going to put a T-bone steak on the end of it and catch the damned terrier in the apartment below me that will not stop his yipping and his yapping. I'll be slapping that entire 22-ounce porter up against the window in an attempt to break it so that I can then lift the small animal from its remains in the apartment below and bring it up to mine while I will introduce it to my friend, Korean Stir Fry, and you can do that whatever you want. I, I, I'm shocked. Um, it's not that I'm quite the outdoorsman myself, but you're, you might be the last person alive that would, I would have suspected to own a fishing ball. Do you so. know how hard it is to find 45-pound test line, Hunter? <laughs> it's bigger oh round goodness. than my pinky <laughs> when I come in from the cold out of doors and it's all puffy and swollen like Oh my god. Should I do oh. the rest of the show like this? And by no. show, I don't mean today's episode. I mean the life of the show. Should it oh. all be this? <laughs> it would be pretty good. It would fit, uh, you know, our, our uh, conservative bent. So, yes, you know, there's absolutely. that to think about. And yeah. it's it's Southern, but not undignifiedly so. It's still, it's a Southern intellectual, and there's something to be said for that accent. That's true. That's absolutely true. Well, you never know. We might slip back into it. Maybe when our show waxes for the discussions that you would have around a porch and not so much one in front of a computer. But at the moment, I will regress to my metrosexual city accent. Ow. That actually hurt me on a physical level. That was a, a sharp right turn. It was. In the middle of a sentence, you just became... Normal <laughs> <laughs> guys, you know why you're here. Girls, get out, go make a sandwich or something. Hunter, t- truly, um, one of our friends, our, our mutual friends, messaged me this week, and they they showed that Subway identifies as a woman-led corporation, which I oh think is God. funny because it means that literally. The world's most famous sandwich maker. It's like, we're women. <laughs> it's like the best joke. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Subway. You it's did like it. The oldest, hey, go make me a sandwich. They're like, hey, we're women and we would love to make you a sandwich. Yes, that's fantastic. And remember oh my that goodness. we're women when we do it. <laughs> oh my God. It's like they're proud. They got little ribbons up and everything. Oh, man, it's, it's amazing. So funny. Uh, I love Goodness I gracious. Love when you. When you break the world down by such ridiculous categories the things that emerge out of the abyss of that are are so much fun to uh to lampoon and lampoon yeah yeah it's it's endlessly hilarious to me listener thank you for joining us you are the audience we are the carls this is carl pooling it's a show that's going to get you fired if you listen to it in the vicinity of any of your workmates we talk about religion psychology philosophy art literature uh movies books god whatever you want 
all of the big ideas, we have them all here, and we have the wrong point of view. The wrong point of view that hurts so good because it is the truth. Thank Boom. you for joining us once again. Absolutely. It's great to have you guys in the backseat, so to speak. Uh, we've got a spicy show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a very interesting topic. This is a, this is one that's near and dear to our hearts. Absolutely. Uh, I, I love that we've been taking time to take to talk about some international stuff. But before we get to that, Chris, before we do have we, the roadkill. Before we charter a flight down to Havana, Hunter, the roadkill <laughs> is right here at home. I assume. Yes. Uh, this one comes from us from your favorite website. Uh, when you quote. Oh, Christopher, no, I'm sorry. It's 538. Uh, it's Vox's little data-loving sister. Um, so, Isn't Nate Silver the bad guy from the Fantastic Four? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. I just right. see him with a laptop floating around the cosmos, plated in, in silver, and just going, hey, that's not exactly right. That That's fantastic. And he's going like, my poll was right. It, <laughs> Trump did have a one in five chance of winning. So... <laughs> Anyway, anyway, um, so this article comes to us from 538. Uh, here it is. First, it was sex ed. Now, it's critical race theory. Christopher, this article attempts to correlate the fact that because conservatives are always going after the education uh, of our children, that means that their opinions on critical race theory not being allowed in the classroom that's just plain wrong. Oh, oh, we, oh. hold on. Okay, yeah. I think I yeah. just got the connection here. Are they yeah. saying that conservatives were conservatives and conservative Christians were against sex ed for children? Yeah. So obviously we shouldn't trust their barometer. Yeah. For <laughs> for educational topics. race theory. Yes, that is the argument of the article. It's beautiful. What's amazing um, about this is you can make it based on anything. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. For instance, I don't think that children should be taught Mein Kampf at like age six. I don't think they should read Mein Kampf at age six. Right. Okay. Well, then by the same logic, since you're against teaching a work of extreme historical relevance, then obviously we shouldn't trust you when you say that there's other things that you don't want taught to children. Mm. I mean, this this makes absolutely no sense. It makes no sense. And it also is like, just because you have a bad opinion, you know, and I don't know all the details around this. This is yeah. a bit before me. But just because you have a bad opinion, right, doesn't mean you might have the absolutely correct opinion later on about something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so it's it's just flat wrong on its face. Uh, I do want to read you th- this little bit because I just found this so tasty. Uh, critical race theory is a legal scholarship framework that has been around in academia for four decades and asserts that racism is systemic and embedded in many American institutions. Next sentence. But over the past few months, the term has been co-opted by Republicans as a catch-all buzzword to signify the perceived threat of anti-white indoctrination in American schools. So what they're saying is, there's two definitions for critical race theory. One is that the everything is, is that our institutions are just... Uh, systemically racist, and there's no hope for America. The other, the real reason that Republicans don't want it in your schools is because it's anti-white. You know what I've heard every Republican say? No, Hunter. What have you heard the, every Republican say? Exactly the first sentence there. <laughs> like that has been the entire problem with it is because it paints a picture of America that is completely one-sided. There's nothing wrong, Chris, with teaching about our history, even the ugly parts about it. Everybody wants that to happen because everybody wants people to be well-rounded and not lied to. Where the problem comes in with critical race theory, and there's many of them, but this is one of them, is it attempts to paint it in that broad brush, right, of this is what all this means. And it doesn't allow you to think after that. Education has to be built on teaching you to think, not what to think. And critical race theory does that for you. So this whole article is just garbage all the way through it. And uh, I just I just knew you would love it, especially since uh, the logical fallacy is so apparent in the uh, headline. Yeah, okay, so I'm glad you pointed out the actual hard logical fallacy is that because it's almost the argument from authority. 
it's yeah. it's the inverse of the argument from authority is that because you I was wrong about X means I am also therefore wrong about Y. Th- that obviously doesn't pertain. Sure. Also, the the logical structure of it, it there's a trans the transitive fallacy here, which is because A plus B equals C, then C must break down into B and A. This is also not correct. The, you, there's no necessary linkage between B and A in this piece. Mm. As in, there's no linkage between sex ed. That's what this is the part I was getting at. There's no linkage between yes. sex ed and critical race theory. So just to say, well, you were against teaching B, and I disagree with that. So there's there's obviously no reason that we should trust you when you say you're against take you're against teaching A. Right? There, there's right. no logical congruency here. You're, you're completely right. Now there's actually another inaccuracy. It's a factual inaccuracy because you can go back to the origins of critical race theory. Richard Delgado and Stefanczyk, I can't remember the name, uh, white people, I believe. Anyway, they write in the very, the, the very first documents bringing about the term critical race theory, about what it actually means. And you could say it's a legal framework. It, sprang from a legal framework called critical theory, which deals with a lot more than just race. However, they state in the document that there is both racial anti-essentialism and racial essentialist elements to the idea of critical race theory. They say that that there is anti-essentialism in that the idea of race is a social construct that we could ignore given if it, if we were isolated from our culture and our economics and our history and our science, et cetera, ad nauseum. So they say that there's an anti-essentialism there, but then they say on the flip side that there is racial essentialism baked into the cake because if you're white, then you are a proponent of these systems in that you passively benefit from them. So you are a fan of the systemic racism unless you work against it. And this is the foundation for things like Ibram X. Kendi's anti-racist movement and his book, Anti-Racist Baby. Maybe we should have talked about that last week. Anyhow, <laughs> th- there's there's a, a factual error here. They also state that, that it has to be a, a activist movement. They say that critical race theory yes. is an activist yes. ideology that to... To understand critical race theory, to be a student of critical race theory uh, necessitates the fact that you are an activist on the ha- behalf of critical race theory, which means to me that it's not a doctrine. It's, or, or it's not a belief system. It's a religion. You know, it's more than, than what a lot of people like to boil down religion into. It's actually strictures and tenets and laws. Okay, so when they say in that article that it's just a, it's just a academic framework or a legal framework... You're literally disagreeing with the people that literally wrote the book on critical race theory. So, and, and that theory states that white people passively benefit from the systemic racism that they see in, well, every waste bin and, right. and sink in, in America. Punctuality. So, yeah. And, and, Hard and so work ethic. The caricature that they're trying to make saying that critical race theory is not an anti-white doctrine disagrees with the founders of critical race theory. Right, right. And I, I think that's important too, um, you know, because the, the, the obvious problem with all that is telling people they, you know, they need to be ashamed about their country, about who they are um, be, because of immutable characteristics. And there's plenty of things that it's great, that you can be grateful of uh, being an American um, and you know, you really don't, you know, the great part of it be, be about being an individual is you don't really own your culture. In fact, if anything, you have to earn your culture to some extent. Right. Sure. And I think, I think that's, I think that's the right way to think about it and all the good things and all the bad things. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think, uh, you're bringing up good points and that, you know, even the worst thing that they're saying is, well, actually it's this, it is that to some extent, you know, and it, it, it's dangerous and it has a lot of hatred embedded into it and it's what these people were thinking and there's this really you know 
the the reason that this word has become such a bullet is because people are beginning to you know this is the thing that started all this cultural craziness that's mm-hmm. what people have connected and so now they're saying get this out we want nothing to do with this and everyone who purport, who who brings it out is wrong and all this cultural craziness that has come from it get that out too and so yeah. now now you have to defend the you have to defend against that bullet say it's not what you say it is say it's not what it is so you can keep all the cultural power makes a lot of sense and especially if you've bought into it too uh whether you just were lied to in your education system and you thought it was the you know the gospel truth so to speak or you have an interest in that power with it as well so anyway. yeah absolutely absolutely and and it's I, i'm glad you bring that up yeah it, you you are exactly right that this is what this is the reason that the target burned down i mean right. simply simply put it is this style of thinking uh, people didn't used to believe in this, and and they don't because it's horse crap by and large. Uh, another thing that it is, it's the, it's a very nuanced, partitioned academic theory being dumbed down and exported to the masses. There's a yes. problem with that. This is a college level course, and one that I disagree with vehemently. However, now you're going to argue that it's it's prepped and ready to teach to our children. I don't. Right. I don't think so. Right. I, I don't right. think so. And, and, and that that's true of a lot of things that I agree with too. The uh, ideas have power. You you strip them of their nuance and then pipe them into the ears of the impressionable at your own expense. Mm. And that is exactly what's happening here. Even if it was just what they claimed it to be, and it is not. And the reason I know that is because. I have interacted with the original literature, which you could too. So this stupid argument that conservatives are using this as a as a word that they don't understand and and castigating all of its proponents as bigoted and evil, it's exactly wrong. Actually, we we probably understand the word better than you do if you truly right. think that it's only an academic framework. Right. Because the people who wrote that academic framework disagree with you. Right. And you could read yeah. what they wrote, except for you're too lazy to do it. You'll just you'll just regurgitate whatever Trevor Noah told you it was. Morons. Sick well, he's offense. a scholar. Yeah. Trevor Noah's an idiot. Like, <laughs> truly an idiot. He's barely yeah. literate. He's certainly he said, not funny. He yeah. has the historical context of a goldfish. I, I, I'm serious. I don't know how that man has a job. Um, you know, I, th- I think one of the... This is you. You just made me tangent so hard here. I think one of the things that we, one of the problems we have there, Christopher, is because we, you know, a lot of our heroes in the past were based on physical prowess, right? And so we have this idea in youth, you know, that our savior is young, so to speak, right? Mm. But the problem is, in a lot of ways, what we live in in a society is where it's like to be what we lack now is wisdom, right? And so what we and we need the gray head to speak in a lot of things right and so what you have now is a confusion you know because there's so much hatred for wisdom honestly right there's no respect for how you get wisdom and how do you get wisdom you read and that takes time and young people don't have it right that's the one thing that young people lack they've lived they have it in the future but they don't have it today they haven't lived through time if that makes sense you get what i'm trying to say they haven't had a life is almost a proxy for the word think Right, and Truly. so what I, I mean to have so, a conversation, to interact with the text, to have a dialogue with the text, absolutely. So, in compassion for Trevor Noah and many people like him, how could he be wise? How could you expect that to happen? He ha- he has been living on a stage most of his life, right, or for a, a good portion of it while he's been an adult, right? That's not learning. That's not gaining wisdom. That is what is making the crowd entertained. What is keeping them focused on me? You know, it's all of that nonsense. So. Anyway, and perhaps we'll find out in like 20 seconds that he's the most well-read comedian there ever was and, you know, whatever. But it, it, it's true of that, and I haven't seen the evidence of that in Trevor Noah's life, just as you have. I would be either, shocked because so. I'm not convinced he's too. literate. Okay. Uh, 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 but anyhow, uh, Trevor, Trevor Noah, you're welcome on the show anytime to come and prove that you can read. Uh, <laughs> all right. Any, anyhow, okay. uh, his, his bit about critical race theory was so so ostentatious in my opinion sure he truly does believe that the audience are idiots or he's one of the idiots one anyhow um 
you're, you're allowed to actually read any of this original material for yourself. Hunter, what a thought-provoking and discussion-provoking roadkill. Should we transition to today's main topic, which has nothing to do with critical race theory? At least it doesn't right now, but it will by the time that this episode goes out, because that's exactly how the liberal media and wokesters have been treating every issue of media import over the past couple of years. Bro, let's do it. Let's get into it. So what are we talking about today? Well, I think that some of you already know. Uh, We've left you several hints, but today we're going to be talking about Cuba. For we literally you, did say Havana, so it's on you at this oh, point. Oh, is that in Cuba? <gasps> I, I thought that was oh a club God. in Miami. Uh, <laughs> Havana, oh la la. Oh my is God. there a worse song? Honestly, I'd be protesting too. <laughs> I am CNN good. now. I'm going to say, that here's my misinformation, <laughs> disinformation campaign. They're protesting the song Havana. Yeah, that has to be it. That makes a lot of sense. Protests all around Cuba. And and I think I heard 23 or 24 different cities in Cuba. And they're protesting against the oppressive communist regime. It's an amazing thing to see. I think I was instantly reminded of Hong Kong, both Mm -hmm. for the thing which was being protested protested and also some of the behaviors of the protesters themselves Mm. it's amazing to me to see a group of people who know what true oppression is like yearn to be free and to examine the behaviors that they enact in their pursuit of that Mm. then of course we've got the american media reaction we've got the biden Uh, administration and campaigns response i think we need to get into all of it so let's get started hunter do you want to give us some on the ground facts about cuba uh cuba it's a country you might remember it from great times such as the cuban missile crisis uh bay of pigs uh uh-oh and uh did you know christopher this is this is just an insane bit of cia uh, history here that Fidel Castro they tried to poison him with a cigar um, and they actually did bring in a poison cigar with a some sort of toxin that would have killed him in like a couple of days and they can never figure out how to get it on him and get him to smoke it but that was a real strategy uh, that the CIA engaged in isn't that just insane okay if you can't figure out how to make Fidel <laughs> MF Castro smoke a cigar then I am not afraid of you anymore. <laughs> CIA, you've been neutered in my mind. Oh my god, that was, I actually I was like, like, what is he yeah, doing? We, I, we got we got this special joint, <laughs> but how do we make Snoop Dogg smoke it? I'm not sure how we're gonna how convince do, we do it. Is there like has there ever been a, a guy that's more like associated to the cigar than Fidel Castro? Oh uh, my goodness. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. No, uh, no, you're absolutely fine. Yeah. But, yeah, CIA, <laughs> pull up, those are rookie numbers. You're going to have to pull those up. You're going to have to pull those up. Not the best work for the CIA. But, it's, yeah. We've so, got these poison boobs, but how do we make <laughs> Dolly Parton have them? Oh, my gosh. No. I'm not sure how we're going to swing this. <laughs> that, right, was any- fun. that was fun for me because as I was talking, I was like, what is he doing with his face? And then once you started talking, I was like, oh, he was writing the joke. <laughs> The whole time. He was just writing the joke, I guess. Yep. So. <laughs> okay. So, so anyhow, yeah, we, we know a lot about Cuba, right? It's been a communist dictatorship since the revolution that happened, I don't know, decades ago, many, mm. many years ago. And it's been under the control of the Castro family for my entire life, mm. more or less. And, and you know, there was, there was some, some ups and downs with, Fidel's health and uh, then he eventually died and then undied and then re-died he's dead right it's hard to tell I'm pretty sure he's dead Um, I know that he died back in 2011 yeah but you are correct that he was like on death's door for a very very long time there were several times in the news where it was like oh he's dead and it was like but not you know, yeah. it was kind. Of, it was a very strange environment to live in. So, and then his brother Raúl Castro became the dictator, 
And as far as I know, Raul is still the dictator today. I could be wrong okay. about that. Let me let me look it up real quick, Hunter. Right, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, Raul Castro uh, has been in offense since 2021. And okay, apparently they might have they might have a new president now, Miguel Mario Diaz Canal Bermudez. I don't know. It it's possible. I, I you know, here's one thing I will say about Cuba. It's not a simple task to obtain information about right. about uh, Cuba because they lock down everything so tightly. Even right yeah. now, I'm sorry, he, Fidel Castro died in 2016, not 2011. 2011 is when Raul took over rule That's of the right. country, became the president. That's right. That's it, it's, right. It is a little bit difficult to get information out of Cuba because they shut down so much of their communication. They're very much like North Korea or USSR uh, Russia, USSR yeah. or Russia, where they have these Potemkin villages. You can visit, you can buy the cigars, and it does not explain the full situation on the ground. And even right now during these protests, as individuals were taking to the streets and sharing videos of the protest and and sharing their messages, reporting on what was happening. Now they've blocked the internet to the mass, uh, the mass majority, vast majority of the island. So Yeah, and to talk about that some, I actually had a friend uh, back at a place I used to work who went to Cuba. And my, my first thought was kind of like, Cuba, why? You know, like, why would you go there? And he was like, oh, dude, it's beautiful. It was cheap. Um, and the weirdest part is everything there is like in the 1950s. And, you know, which is absolutely true is because there are no new cars in there. There's no new imports coming there. But, and I was just like, well, that sounds kind of nice to me. Then you see these pictures coming out from the protesting and everything and you, mm-hmm. you know, some other stuff. But it's like, that is, you know, that is the projects that I'm looking at. That's yeah, not, that's absolutely. not good living. You know, that like that, that's, that's crazy stuff. And so that, that Potemkin village you're talking about, absolutely real you know there there's an attempt to make it seem better than it is especially yeah. to tourists coming in so well, and, and you know there are very very nice things just like st petersburg sure. like the places sure. where the places where the royalty and the elites live are going to be very nice because this is what we see every time that communism or socialism is tried across the face of planet earth the disparity between the rich and the poor grows to extremes that are only seen under these types of of dictatorships or tyrannies or you know monarchies and even then monarchies without a a socialist economic system don't tend to achieve this level of grandeur uh, Mm. in comparison to their citizenry so at any rate it is it is a rather interesting place but but you know the the communists have been in control of cuba for decades like we said now we've seen precious few protests from them at all partially because maybe we just don't see them and partially because when they are seen they are violently repressed Mm -hmm. it is illegal in cuba to talk bad about the government they have Mm. they have police secret police just like russia did back in the ussr they've got their own version of the blue caps you know fidel castro was quite friendly with the communists in Russia. He was quite friendly with the communists in Venezuela. They had this mutual respect and information sharing among each other. And, you know, Fidel Castro and and Chavez were buddies. They talked, you know, they shared notes. So these are old school communists. And it's amazing to me in a certain way that, that they exist so close to America and that this this brutal dictatorship has gone on for quite so long. Mm. So very rare that we see what is happening right now and incredible. Many, many cities, pro- Cuban protesters are taking to the streets and this is where the details start to get murky and they start to get murky for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is because we now are losing our ability to get information out of Cuba as they've their internet has been restricted. There's been mm. several reports of informants from Cuba going missing, getting arrested, and their families aren't aware of where they are. And in addition to that, there's been a major spin 
from the American media about what these protests are about in the first place. So mm. let's get to the heart of it, and then we'll talk about the different interpretations. These are very, very clearly protests against the communist regime. They're, a pro they're protests against tyranny. They're protests in favor of democracy, in favor of liberty, in favor of freedom. And the members of these protests cut across the political spectrum. This is not a left-right issue. This yes. is a tyrant and free people issue. Hmm. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, there. I think I think just the in putting some of that, um, in context that you you're talking through, you know, just the fact, you know, one of the things I think that's just so amazing when we talk about you know the information shutdown and things like that in Cuba, you know, people have been inflating their cars and floating them across the ocean for a life in America from Cuba. Th that should tell you what you need to know, and it should also tell you how difficult it is to get out of a place like that. The people, Christopher, that have been getting this information out, that have been making that happen, that now are getting taken by the government, they knew the cost, man. Yeah, and one of the absolutely. things you see so hard in these, uh, I'm going to call them protests against the government that you know will act in a violent manner to you in a real way, not in a like, a, oh, they'll be violent to me, you know, way, um, is that the the... the you don't have that first mover because that first mover is nervous, right? And it's like, well, I'm not going to take the fall even though I know it's wrong, right? Something along those lines. Um, or even that I know the government is wrong. And because I don't want it to affect my family. The people that have made this happen, that have gotten this out, that have had this conversation, that have taken that first bullet, so to speak, like, praise God for them. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like they, they're, they're heroes in a sense. And the fact that we are now not able to see into that is because a lot of what has happened and we don't need to lose what they were saying because of that. Yeah. Right. We need to hold on to that because there is a force that's trying to keep that message, which is extremely important. And the really the only message we've gotten from the Cuban people on the ground. Um, so right. anyway, so a couple of things I want to talk about. I want to talk about what the Cuban people are saying, how we know that this is their message. Yes. The counter arguments being made in America. And thirdly, the, the very interesting people who are staying silent and why, because I think if we march through those issues, we'll have a very clear box drawn around the scope of this issue. And this gets back to what I opened with. What are the Cubans on the ground saying? Well, one thing they're screaming at the top of their lungs is Liberdad. Liberty. It was so interesting, Hunter. It, it, it's, it's effectively their word for freedom. Mm -hmm. The New York Times posted an article that had the headline, Cuban protesters are shouting freedom and other anti-government slogans. It, the that's framing a of that beguiles the mind. Right. 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 Or it tips the hand. I, either one. If that's the New York Times sticking up for the government, mm. they've done so mm -hmm. in the most confusing, beguiling way. On the other side, it is a direct admission that this communist regime is anti-freedom. Right. Yes. So which is yes. it? Right. You right. know, the Democratic Socialists of America came out on Facebook and effectively stood up for the communist government. And even some of their own members were saying, why are we sticking... This isn't democratic socialism. This is mm. just state-funded mm. communism. Mm. And the the Democratic Socialists of America didn't back down. Why? Because this is the end game, guys. This is mm. the whole point. Right. Democracy is useful to convince people that it was their idea. And then past that, we'll dispense with it because we've already centralized all of the all power. of the functions and all of the power into the center for the government to control. Who's been yeah. silent on this issue? The Democratic Socialists of America just came out and said it. But Bernie Sanders has nothing to say. Not a peep. Breadlines, they're a good thing. You got nothing to say about this? That mm. everybody in Cuba disagrees with you effectively? Who's mm. not on the government dole? I mean, that matters. That matters. 
here's a here's one of the things that gave me flashbacks to Hong Kong and honestly made me sad for a couple of reasons. One is the the extreme evil that we see around the world, especially around these communist dictatorships, and also the inability of the American military and economy, the strongest of both on the face of planet Earth to do anything in the face of crackpot, tin pot dictators and their ridiculous regimes, even less than 100 miles off of our own coast. These protesters are waving the American flag. Do you remember that video from Hong Kong, Hunter, where they were singing the Star Spangled Banner? Yeah. I, were, I, were they singing the Star Spangled Banner or were they singing... Uh, or maybe they sang both. I know they sang some songs from Les Mis. Uh, yeah, they were singing, it, they were singing both. They were singing both. Okay, I was getting the... I couldn't remember which if they had sung or if they had, like, I don't know. But anyway. Sure. Yeah. And, but remember, in Hong Kong, they had hundreds of American flags in, in those videos. Yes. Um, no, I mean, yeah, it was explicit what they wanted. Yeah. Just like the, it is in Cuba. Here's the same thing. You see mm. several protesters flying the American flag. And it's not one of many flags. It's one mm. of two flags. The American flag and the Cuban flag. Mm. why mm. why well i think it's for precisely the same reason that people have been trying to insulate their cars and float to miami exactly right i think it's for precisely the same reason because america is a beacon of hope or was a beacon of hope and a force for freedom and liberty across the entire planet when we had the gumption to do what we knew was right before we started treating every act of American aggression against horrible dictators as some type of colonialist repression of the will of the people. You see the will of the people on full display, and the will of the people is to be America. Uh, quick little quote here from David Harbour, uh, who you might know as Hopper from Stranger Things. I don't know that there's anyone who could disagree with socialist ideology. When you're talking, Christopher, about like America and what it was and those things and what we saw during the Hong Kong stuff, you know, and even some of the Iranian protests, too, that happened here earlier. Um, and even all the conversation that we've that we've done a ton of work on the show, you specifically uh, to discuss what's happening in Israel, you know. Does it still exist? And I think that's a fair question to ask people. And I think it does. I think it does in some in some extent. But it's at war with something else, right? And yeah. it's the reason why we can, because of our cold civil war, we can't act on these protests and and stand up for these people, even in a political manner. We can't. We seem to just have no ability to. Even our media doesn't have the ability to. It's so hindered by these ideas and ideologies. We can't even spread their message. Message. Yeah, exactly. We actually directly refuse to. So let's talk about mm. the media. Let's talk about what the White House is doing in response to these protests. So the mm. little bit of video that we've gotten out, and by the way, Ben Shapiro uh, moved to Florida. He's been in contact with some actual Cuban organizers, both in Florida and in Cuba. And he's been discussing with them and he's let loose on his show recently that this was in the works for several weeks that these demonstrations were planned. I, I don't know why the Cubans chose now to protest. I suppose now is a good, as good a time as any. I think that, well, I would have liked to think that things would have been different if they did this while Trump was president. But of course we see Hong Kong. That being mm. said, the, the communists in Cuba are not the same as the, the red party in China. That also being said, Cuba's tied pretty closely to Russia, so I don't know where all that shakes out on the sure. international stage. Sure. So, regardless, th this has been planned for several weeks. Now, our media has a problem here because they've just spent the past year and a half sharing a couple of different messages. One, that we could do away with all social ills in the inner city and in America in general, if we were only able to give more funding to the hurting constituents of these locales. Horse crap. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing and grouping 
many, many, many different of their different priorities. Like how about less policing and more social workers? Mm-hmm. How about uh, free college? Like, oh, the reason these people are acting up is because they don't have any path forward. So let's make let's make college free. Crazy idea. You've heard this idea over and over and over again. You've also heard, you know, these long-winded articles and these 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 sycophantic naval gazings about, well, if only there was more economic opportunity in this low-income area, then they people wouldn't resort to crime. Ignoring mm. the fact that the pattern that you see over and over again is that people resort to crime when crime isn't policed, and then there will be no economic opportunity because no one's willing to fund economic opportunity in that location. Mm-hmm. So they, they've, they've played this line over and over again. Here's another the major way in which they've done it. The for-profit healthcare system in America has impeded our ability to respond to the coronavirus pandemic. For one, mm-hmm. the pandemic not nearly as impactful in America as it was in other countries and right. not nearly as impactful in America as the media made it out to be. I'm going to keep saying it as long as it keeps being true. Sure. This, this, I'm not saying that people didn't die. I'm not saying you shouldn't be uh, careful and take precautions. I'm not saying that you shouldn't get vaccinated. I'm not saying any of those things. What I am saying is that this absolutely did not radically change the, the death rates in America, that the average COVID fatality is exactly the same, 78 years old, as the uh, median age in America. People died at the age that they're supposed to die. This did not change our excess death numbers by almost any. In fact, what changed them more than anything was the aging boomers. So the increase of our the old age in our population. You don't have to be brilliant to figure that out. But they've been concocting this narrative that if only we would have a socialized healthcare system, if we had doubled down on the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, instead of gutting it by removing the individual mandate, then we would be able be able to respond to this issue with the speed and alacrity that we saw in some countries like Italy, for instance, who had to start rationing care based on demographics almost as soon as the pandemic hit uh, right. and whose healthcare system was completely overrun. Well, here, here's another example. Cuba has a government run healthcare system. They have a socialist medicine system. Did it save them? Was it the promised land? Was it mm. glory, glory, hallelujah? No, it a- actually wasn't. Cubans didn't have access to medicine. They didn't have access to vaccines. So the media said, okay, well, that must be what they're protesting about. They know that that's not true. They know that they're protesting against communism. And I'll tell you why. There's never medicine available in Cuba. Hmm. Oftentimes, there's not food available in Cuba. Hmm. Cuba has government-run pharmacies or chemists and government-run supermarkets where you get a list of items that you're allowed to buy at prices that the government thinks you should pay. And if you so choose, you can go to that store with your list and buy those items. That's how communism works. Each according to their ability. Well, each according to their ability, according to whom? And each according to their need, according to whom? Relevant questions. So, there's never any medicine in Cuba. It's not the socialist promised land. But the media realizes that they have a huge problem, so they have to pivot to that point. Well, these people are obviously protesting about the coronavirus because it's a huge deal. Remember how big a deal we made it when it wasn't nearly that big of a deal? Right. Well, you know, and to just let's let's just say that's what it is, right? Well, why are they protesting now? Yeah. Right. The coronavirus has been here for a year and a half, right? I, I mean, hell, the vaccine's been here for six months. Right. And so the point is, okay, let's say they are protesting about the coronavirus. What are they protesting against? They're obviously protesting against their government's response to it. If their government is a socialist structure and it's not dealing with the virus in an effective manner and they want to institute a a democracy, 
it's the same problem that the New York Times has. It doesn't fix anything. You yeah. see what I'm saying? It's, and it's like, it's still a good reason to reject that form of government. Even if you give them their uh, point, so to speak. Yeah. Give them the hill. Let them have it. It doesn't matter. It's it's a bad argument all the same. Well, here's why they're using it, Hunter. Because then they transition sure. almost immediately. Because then they say, well, the reason that the, the medicine isn't available is not because... It's a socialized medicine system. It's the reason that they're not. It's not available is because there's an American embargo. Sure. That sure, there's sure, a sure. there's a trade embargo sure. that America has been instituting. Uh, Donald Trump reinstated it after Obama nixed it, and now we'll probably nix it again under Biden. Here's the here's the problem though. It didn't change anything for the Cuban people when it was nixed, and when it was reinstated. It changed things for the state of Cuba, but there's this mm. this this philosophy going on that that it's the America bullying Cuba that's not allowing them to throw off the shackles of their oppressive regime. It's the same argument that you hear about the inner city in America. Well, if we were only able to fund them adequately, then the regime would come to its senses and realize that it was being evil. It's the same right. tactic that Obama took with Iran, and it didn't work out so good there, did it? And no. it's the same. It's the same tactic that the liberals are taking around the world stage in res, in response to American intervention in anything. They see it all as evil. And so now America intervening by not interacting is also part of American colonialism and evil. And so they'll say, well, they're protesting the lack of vaccine, and the lack of vaccine is due to the embargo from America. And so therefore, what they're really protesting is America. Pause. Thank you, media. That's why they're out waving and respecting the United States flag and screaming Liberdad. I'll do you one better because when asked about this directly, Jen Psaki was asked, does liberty have a different meaning now when the people in Cuba are screaming it? And she responded that, well, when the coronavirus has been as bad as it was and after these very hard times, then I think liberty can take on many meanings. Great. Great. You keep you know, running on that. Keep, keep yeah, that up. Please. See where that please. gets you. You know, Christopher, one of the things I think that's so interesting about our, you, not our parents, but about, it just becomes clear is one of the reasons that boomers hate their children is because they thought money was love. It's like, oh, you want a new jet ski? Let me buy you jet ski. Not a big deal. Oh, you want to need a new mountain bike? I got it for you. Not a problem. And so, one of the things that we've thought as we've dealt with these foreign powers is, ah, if we just give them money, they'll know we care about them, right? And I think it's that same kind of, it's that same problem that humanity has where they confuse uh, financial empowerment as communicating love. And it's not. It's, it's the problem. Why is it not? Because if I hate you or I don't like you or I'm just a normal person, if you hand me 5,000 books, I'm like, oh, sick, 5,000 bucks. I'm going to use this to do whatever I was doing before, mm-hmm. right? I'm just going to use it for my purposes. Or, wow, my enemy just gave me 5,000 bucks. I will use this to destroy them better, oh. right? How, how about this? If you, hate, if you hate a heroin addict, you should give them $5,000. Right, exactly. Give them the ex- ability to fund their addiction so, so far that they kill themselves. That's why we have the saying, teach a man to fish, right? And it's the same idea with these countries, and it's hard to do, but it's the real work here. And what, you know, this is the problem with the people that enjoy communism and enjoy socialism. They're intelligent people. And that's the thing you have to remember. They actually are problem solvers. They actually are smart. And what they've done is they probably have thought through one problem in the government to the point where they can actually fix it. It's probably true. Like, one, hear me, one problem. And then what they say is, because I've solved one problem, I can solve them all. And they've mm-hmm. actually lost the plot a little bit, which is what you should have done with your life is solve that one problem or two problems if you're lucky. Put all your effort into solving that problem for mankind. Get it knocked out. Don't ask for power. Mm. Don't steal from others tackling the problems that they can handle better because you cannot tackle them all. And so what I think you see is this str- this this vast overreach by saying, if I just had enough resources, I could solve all the problems. No, you can't. Solve the problem that you can't solve right in front of you. And yeah. move. And if you can get another one, great. And it, 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 that's where that money problem comes and, into. And that's the problem inherently with trying to deal with the problem of equality. 
because sure. equality is sure. solving for equality is a problem that says, what if we were able to solve for every single problem? Yes. Yes. You can't. yes, yes. The hubris yes. in that, the yes. hubris. And here's the thing is that a lot of the people that think that they can do that, they don't even believe in their ability to effectuate it. Well, they believe one that thing, the ends justify the means. They believe that things will work themselves out if they are able to exercise their power. One thing that's interesting is if you actually wanted to solve every problem, then instead of trying to say that you're the only person that can solve the problems, give me all the power and I'll do it for you, and my name is Julius Caesar, is you would actually take all the computing power that you had at your disposal and set it forth to solving problems. Yeah, yeah. And you, I mean individual human beings. You it and liberate it. Exactly right. Just like exactly Cuba right. wants to be decentralized and liberated. And right. and we we are deeply invested as a media and a culture in ignoring their plight. Mm. Now, to give credit where it's due, President Biden's statement was almost perfect in response to Cuba. Hit the last part of his statement encouraged the communist regime to take care of its citizenry and i would reject that completely no don't tell the communist brutal bloodthirsty dictatorship to do a better job tell them to to turn themselves into the people right yeah to to uh, listen to the democratic voice that is ringing out from those yearning to be free that's the mm. proper response. So that's what you have here. You've got a media that's carrying passive water for the communist regime so long as they can use it as a club with which to beat America and America and the right in America. You've got the old school communists strangely silent, not willing to speak out because secretly they like Cuba. Secretly they're a fan that there's communism so close to our, our shores. And mm. I'm not being conspiratorial Biden said or, or or Bernie said it directly he said he likes bread lines well that's characteristic of Cuba right right let's dispel the myth once and for all I'm going to tell a story I've got a I've got a lady that I used to work with I I like her very much she probably disagrees with me on everything politically she'd probably be appalled if she knew half the stuff that i believe politically although we've had some great political discussions um she she's a lesbian uh not that that's insanely relevant i'm just i'm just saying that we're very different she is a cuban expatriate as well she actually came over on the reagan mayflower freedom flights <laughs> no oh. she came over on the freedom flights which if, if you don't know there between 1965 and 1973 because there was so many people trying to swim across from Cuba to Miami, uh, President Reagan worked out with the with Fidel Castro to actually literally fly people out of Cuba and let them immigrate have, to America. I have never heard that till this podcast. Yo, that's well, insane. That that's so she was a little girl when she got on a plane and came to America um, away from Cuba. She goes back to Cuba every so often. And visits, and, and and we've we've known each other for, I don't know. Probably closer, closer to six or seven years now than two or three years. We've known each other for quite a while, and worked together. And there was this one period where we just had a lot of time to talk. So we talked politics, and I I, I told her what I believed fairly directly, but also with a bunch of do back doors and very kindly. She went back and visited Cuba. And when she returned to America, I asked her a little bit about her trip. And she told me that it was so strange because the people didn't even understand how poor they were. She wow. said going into the shops over there, there was just simply nothing on the, nothing on the shelves. Mm. And she talked about going around and getting blocks of government cheese and then marking it off of your, your list. List. She talked about the inavailability of medicine. She actually mentioned one of her other family members goes over there regularly to import huge amounts of medicine from mm. America that are simply unavailable over there to give to her aging family members. Mm. Don't tell me that this is about coronavirus. Right. Are you exactly. insane? 
Right, right, there, right. How dare medicine you? Medicine has been available you? over there forever. And if yeah. you would actually do your job and actually listen to sources on the ground, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. I've done more investigative journalism than The Times and CNN and MSNBC on this matter. I actually talked mm. to someone who went to Cuba, which you mm. guys seem to refuse to do. As mm. you continually say that they are, and Jen Psaki, you relentless piece of human debris saying that freedom can have multiple definitions. Maybe they want freedom from bad economic policy in regards to obtaining samples of the COVID, the, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine. By the way, guess what? America has sent COVID vaccine to Cuba and we're planning on sending more. So the continued epithet that the embargo is the reason for their current state is absolutely inept. It's factually inaccurate on its face. Yes, and I, I honestly don't want to go too much into this because I think this research is, um, I'm not educated enough to talk about it, but it does look like there are some anti, uh, there are some antivirals, uh, ivermectin being one, that are cheap generic drugs that are perfectly good at what appears to be from some peer-reviewed papers uh, or papers that are going to get peer-reviewed, that they can actually very adequately keep you from getting COVID and defend against it once you have it, um, which is just fantastic news because it's generic medicine that's low cost. So there are actually very simple solutions that the Cuban government could be researching, could be undertaking, just like India is in regards to ivermectin and utilizing that on their people. They're not. There are yeah. simple solutions, and the vaccine doesn't necessarily have to be one. It's another one of these problems that we get into when our media just tells us that, go get the vaccine, you have to get the vaccine, it's important for your American duty, no, 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 no. And that may be true, and that may be important, and we definitely need people taking the vaccine to fight against coronavirus. But it's also, it, it's just this other postmodernist argument that is used to fight against what's happening in Cuba, and it's ridiculous on its face. If you if you if you know some of the research there, um, once again, I don't know everything there, but I do yeah, know I've that seen... India is using the antiviral uh, to 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 great effect, and some other uh, African countries as well. I've seen conflicting things about the use of the antivirals. I think sure. that there's been some really interesting papers published on them, and sure. that that showed really good results, maybe too good results, and so I want to see more data, but. I also think it's absolutely insane to say that we can't share, we can't have more data, we can't research other things, which is what you're seeing from the scientific and political community on this topic, which I think is absolutely That's exactly insane. right. I also want to just say to that, and we, we can shut up about this because it's maybe not what we need to discuss, but Christopher, I have this thing called water. It's amazing. It'll do wonderful things for your human body. Just because something is better than it seems on its surface doesn't mean it's not true, yeah. but it is what you are seeing people say that and it's a fallacy and sure. it's important. It's important to keep that in context, too, is another way that your media types, you know, uh, attempt to distort information and say that they're telling you the truth when right. it's not science and it's not real. Anyway, there are solutions that the Cuban government could be making about this. We're being told a lie about the vaccines being the only option that they have. Yeah, well, and, and it's also, not what's even the problem is. It's not That's prohibitive the other cost because they're getting vaccines right. from free from from humanitarian groups and other governments. Exactly right. Exactly it's just like right. communist. Here's the simple thing: communism sucks. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. Socialism sucks. Democratic or not, it sucks. It doesn't work. It 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 never will work. Because it requires everyone to be a perfect angel to operate effectively. And guess what? It's not going to happen. Everybody is a socialist. You're a socialist in your own home. You're a socialist with your family. When you break those familial ties and those bonds of caring about each other, it doesn't work anymore. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. The world is not as nice as you were told it could be in your women's studies class, you mm -hmm. morons. Mm -hmm. It's a tough place out there. Everything is trying to kill us, nature included. And there has got to be incentive for people to work. The world does not operate and never will operate on altruism. Mm. And, and there's a reason why people that operate on extreme altruism are heroes. Mm. Because it's, it, it goes against our nature to survive and reproduce. Mm. You, cannot, you cannot survive if you're ultimately altruistic. Period. And that is exactly what, what the communists claim. It doesn't work. It sucks. And what sucks worse than that is to be living in the lap of luxury, to have all of our needs cared for and cared for in multiple ways by 
multiple people with multiple preferences and multiple flavors and multiple options. And to watch a people hard put upon by the tyrannomania of impotent and restrictive governments who can't even feed their people, much less medicate them. And to be sitting in the lap of luxury and look on those people who are waving the American flag and saying, I know you must hate it too. You must hate the luxury too. You must really understand how put upon you are by America. Oh, wave our flag and sing our anthem and cry out for our liberty and our democracy and for, for us wealthy to go, oh, look, they get it. They understand how hard it is. How mm. disgusting are we? Yeah. How putrid yeah. are we that, that yeah. we will ignore the cries of the disenfranchised in other countries so that we have a bigger stick to club the world's greatest economy, greatest military, greatest force for peace, greatest force for good that the, the face of the globe has ever seen. And what I wish America was doing right now was going in and assisting these people. I wish we were liberating these people. If Russia comes, screw Russia. What are you going to do? How many broken well, planes are you going to fly over here? You, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, go, to, go to hell. Uh, we used to be a force for good. We used to be a force for liberty. We watched Hong Kong fall, and we watched uh, millions of beautiful people have their lives and their liberty snuffed out in front of our faces. And we're about to do the same thing in Cuba because we are a bunch of has-beens. Yeah. We are yeah. wet dish rags on the world stage. And and we we are we are as powerful as we've ever been and as incapable and incontinent as we could ever possibly imagine ourselves to be. And you, it yeah. is it's so sad to me to see the ivory tower send out the message and say you it is hard, isn't it? It's hard being oppressed by America. Mm. while they wave our flag. Mm. Chris, that's such a good point because it just drives home the point we were starting to make at the beginning of this show, you know, is that we are this force, right? For all the good things that you just said, we lack wisdom. We Amen. lack morality. We've lost respect for who we are, right? And all that stuff. And we have to have that back because we're like it or not, even if you're an atheist, the American, uh, cons our, our belief, right, is that these rights, this country, it's all given to us by God. That's right. Right? So That's even right. if you just want to believe in our laws... You have to believe, you have to just say I know I'm an atheist but I'm lying here like that that's how it <laughs> right. works right, right. And to some extent um, and you can have different definitions for that and blah 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 whatever you get the point but my my point being is we've lost sight of that and and when you say neutered you know it's no doubt um, and it and it's extremely sad and harrowing because it's real lives at stake, real oppressed people, real people that don't know where their next meal are coming from are fed up, tired of it, and are saying, the secret police can come and get me. I don't care anymore, and we cannot help them. Yeah, We cannot help those people um, yeah. in a it, meaningful way. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just continue to talk about how Florida is racist. You know, they're, they're, making, a they huge, are. they're, they're making a huge gambit with Florida. Yeah. They're making a huge gambit with Florida. There's a bunch of Cubans there who actually know what's happening in Cuba and won't mm. buy the horse crap that you guys are spreading. It's a um, great point. It's 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 tough, man. What what else can we say? There's not a whole lot you can do. You know, the people of Cuba are probably out of reach for podcasters like us. They're probably out of the sound of our voices, and we're most likely out of the sound of the majority of theirs. But uh, we can pray and we can mm. hope fervently and, and mm. share our support for a people who are standing up for the ideals that are universal, that mm. are given to us by God, that transcend state borders, that will bring about, if properly attended to, a true brotherhood of humanity. And mm. that's that at the foot of the throne, all men are equal. And that the yearning for liberty springs eternal in the human breast. So wow. congratulations to you, Cuba, and our prayers and our best wishes. That's fantastic. And I think that needs to be our heart going forward. Um, 
hey, if you listen to the show enough, uh, you know the ad. So go buy the stuff. Um, you can find us at carlpulling.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We have an email address. We're on Twitter, uh, carlpulling at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. Have a good time. We'd love to see you. Uh, like, subscribe, stars, all that nonsense. Um, you can find me at Emotional Carl, Chris at Chris X Carl. Uh, that's all our tagline information, but really our heart, sorry, good enough, good enough, but really our heart and soul is with the, uh, Cuban people. And if you could, uh, possibly even this week, don't click on any of that nonsense, say a prayer and hold them in your hearts as best you can. And if we, we can find opportunities to help you guys support them financially, we will, we'll look into those and get those out as well, uh, through whatever means we have, um, you know, but, uh, prayer, prayer is the mover there. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks everybody. If you've been traveling abroad and you've been bitten by a strange bug, seriously, this one's not even gross. Just get tested. seriously though like yeah. that so, ending and then we still go with the, the Hunter, get look, it's look <laughs> it's important it, that is just practical medical advice i'm not a doctor but if you I'm are de- traveling abroad and you get bit i'm by stopping my track track, you should get tested That's, there's nothing controversial about that